1: Welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Bad Batch episode cut and run. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and uh, with me, as as will be the case uh, I, for the rest of Bad Batch, we've got the illustrious Joe Hogan. How's it going, I'm so doing?
0: sorry for all of you that <laughs> that'll be the case that you'll have to <laughs> endure um, my opinions, but I'm happy to be here and uh and 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 and
1: the tallest star wars fan i know uh Kyle Avery. <laughs> that's a fitting
2: description. <laughs> Taller and I, less illustrious than Joe. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? It's uh, I every time i'm watching the rise of skywalker and i i they, like they run into lando and he like reveals himself and he's like, "Oh, Wookiees always stand out in the crowd." I it always makes me think of you, Kyle, every single time, every single time, because it makes me think back to Star Wars Celebrations, where it's like, where's where did they? Oh, there's Kyle. yep. yep. <laughs> it's like in the crowd. You just see Kyle's head. It Kyle's makes it, very, e- it makes it easy to stick together in a group. It's also really easy to find you because you are just a tall, skinny Will Smith. Like, and that's not, that might, Jeez. that might sound a little bit, a little, of like a little bit of an edgy thing to say, but like for people who don't follow Kyle on social media, like Kyle looks like a tall, skinny Will Smith. It's yeah. And it's, and
2: I love Will Smith and we'll take yeah. that compliment any
1: day. The resemblance yeah. is actually a little bit disturbing at times. Um, Cause you're just like, it's just like somebody took Will Smith from like the nineties and just like put him in a taffy puller, Willy Wonka style. <laughs> <laughs> um so the next time people are at a Star Wars celebration, if they if they want to find Kyle, just look up and uh, and and just repeat in your head "Welcome to Earth" over and over, <laughs> and 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 that you'll get yourself in the right headspace to find him.
0: I'm so uh, glad you went with an Independence Day reference. That is like my favorite Will Smith thing that he's ever done. Yeah,
1: oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, I mean, like, it, it, there's just not as many there. Men in Black is great but it's just not as quotable and I don't know
0: I don't I don't know that I mean Fresh Prince my... is amazing it's like one yeah. of the best sitcoms mean... in TV history but like yeah. I don't know Independence Day is
3: But yeah that's independence... My Will
0: Smith. independence Day is probably the th-
2: the Will Smith thing that I quote the most often. Mm.
1: I mean you got Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum teaming up to kill aliens, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Can't go wrong get, with that. It doesn't get better than that. And then and then and then uh Bill Pullman as well coming in <laughs> hot up uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> uh, when I say hot off, I mean like... Hot a off. A <laughs> like, like later, like a, yeah, like a, yeah, like a decade, like a decade there, later. I have two references, <laughs> reference points for Bill Pullman, and it's... it's Actually, no, I have three reference points for Bill Pullman. It's Spaceballs, Independence Day, and um, uh, the Sandra Bullock one uh, while you were sleeping. And that's it. Those, those are the only things he's ever been in. See, uh, I, I would have gone, he I gone with
0: the dad and Casper because uh, Dan Aykroyd makes the Ghostbusters cameo in that movie. So therefore it's valid to me. Canon. it's
1: part of it's 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 Ghostbusters canon right it's part, yeah it's part Wasn't of the Ghostbusters there... cinematic universe
2: what was he in more recently though like I can picture an old Bill Pullman in something but I can't remember
0: what movie uh, it is Independence Day Resurgence oh you know that's probably <laughs> what it is and that's why that's why it was out of,
2: that's why it was out of my mind <laughs> unfortunately
0: that's probably it he oh also I think he, he played the like a, a United States president in a TV show recently in the last couple, I think it was like Pennsylvania Avenue or something like that. I don't, I don't know what it was called, but he, like on a TV show, he was the president and I was like, ah, that's nice. But call me when the uh, series finale ends with the alien showing up. The and yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm rolling through his, this is now
1: the Bill Pullman podcast. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> April fool's. I, uh, I'm, I'm rolling through his IMDb and it's like, look, guys, I haven't even heard of some of these <laughs> movies. Like,
0: I mean, and yeah,
1: he's, done, he's, he's done an SVU here and there and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, he's in scary movie Four. uh, uh, yeah, man. Oh boy. Bill Pullman. <laughs> Oh, poor guy. Uh, uh, he, he's a highly underrated actor. He should, He should solid. have been in way more stuff. Way more he's stuff. He's good, man. But uh, anyways, that's not why you guys are here. You, ev- you're not- all here to listen to us talk about uh, this week's episode, Cut and Run, uh, uh, of, of the new series, which uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, Lucasfilm is actually going to – this is unprecedented, but they're actually changing the name of the show. From the bad batch to the dad batch, I saw it coming <laughs> a mile away,
0: and Just, there was nothing I could do to stop you.
1: <laughs> it's like the Austin Powers, uh, the guy getting run over by yeah the TV. steamroller. <laughs> the steamroller. <laughs> <laughs> Just get out of the way. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it, th- this episode in particular was it, it, look. I've been waiting like three weeks to make that joke, so. You know, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, we're going to get into that in a minute, but let's, let's talk about some news first. Um, first piece of news for some reason, the week after star Wars day, <laughs> like exactly one week after the May, May the 4th, I, I, and I don't even think that Lucasfilm or Disney announced this. I think that it just showed up at, at, uh, uh, Doc Ondar's in galaxy's edge uh, but you can now get Rey's lightsaber. You can it would, so this is the first time that that her lightsaber from uh, the Rise of Skywalker, um, her, her yellow, her yellow
0: like the one. yellow one,
1: yeah, yeah. Her, oh, cool! Uh, is is it's finally available? Uh, hey, we're only a year and a half after the movie came out. V- so weird, so weird. All the it's merch
0: all, on these movies has been late. Everything. The thing, has the been thing late. that
1: kills me is that like. Disney is all over it with the Marvel stuff. And like, if you walk into a, into a Toys R Us or, I mean, you guys don't have Toys R Us anymore, but, or a Target or whatever. It's like, you're just inundated with all the, the Marvel, like the garbage Marvel action figures. Mm -hmm. Sorry that they put out for every movie. Like, like the, the ones that like that, the elbows don't bend. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the Tony Starks look like Scott Baio. I, Like, like there, those are everywhere. And then you look over at the star Wars aisle and it's like, those are the same shelf warmers that have been there for the last eight months, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and had she not gotten fired from the Mandalorian, the car Dune figures would still be on the shelves. They would still be on the shelves. Have you, I remember them
0: sitting on the shelves for a while for a long time
1: and then she got fired and that week they all disappeared. And if you look online, they are going for a lot of money because apparently yeah. racist Star Wars fans have deep pockets. Not not something that I realized, but I but I guess that Disney knows that cuz 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 they tend to pander to them every once in a while. But I I that's just me defending John Boyega. Um but uh yeah, like 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 you look at the Star Wars toys and it's like Like, like the fact that there was no Ray's lightsaber, like, like, cause Kara wants one. She wants Ray's lightsaber and she's got the, she has the one that came out before the movie. The one that that's the, the, the reforged Skywalker lightsaber, right? This is like the toy, right? But she, she asks me every time she she always asks to watch rise of Skywalker drives me nuts. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what is wrong with you, kid? <laughs> Thought I raised you better than this. No, it's, I think because Rise focuses so much on Rey, and that's obviously her favorite character from Star Wars. Um, so she always wants. That's the one that she always wants to watch. Uh, I, and so we get to every time we get to the end of that movie, she's like, "I want one of those," and it's like, "Yeah, I would like to buy you one," but they don't make it. Um, so now they have it at Galaxy's Edge. She's not getting this one because this is like the two hundred and fifty dollar one. Or however much they, I don't know how much they're. But
0: I think it was, um, it's because it's like the legacy sabers, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it was. I think they were in the neighborhood of like one ten to one twenty when I. Okay, but that's
2: just for the hilt, and then they sell the blades for an extra like fifty.
0: Yeah, but it's this, but I, it's
1: the same blade that works in your custom lightsaber. Yeah, light yeah well, if, right? if you yeah, build the yeah, light,
0: because yeah. that's what I did. We we built yeah. lightsabers, and then I just bought an Obi Wan saber. Um.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I, I probably will get this lightsaber when I go to Galaxy's Edge eventually, one of these, one of these years, Um, man, I, I, it was impossible for me to go because when, when Galaxy's Edge opened, Crystal was pregnant with Cassie, so I couldn't, I couldn't, like, she wasn't going to come with me because she's pregnant, couldn't fly, Um, and I wasn't about to, like, hop on an airplane. It was close. There were there were conversations, and it was very close to uh, to me going down, like when they were doing the preview stuff, um, to 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 going down for like a day, like literally like flying down to California, <laughs> going into Galaxy's Edge for four hours, hanging out with Matt Campbell for a couple hours, and then and then like at the end of the day, him like literally driving me back to the airport to wait for my airplane, <laughs> like like we almost pulled the trigger on it and it was just like, no, I can't do it. Cause if something happens, I'll never forgive myself. Right. Um, Cause it was kind of close enough to, to, to Cassie's due date, which was in August, but uh, it was close enough that it was like, yeah, this is, this is not a good time. So I didn't go. And then we were like, it's fine. We're going to go at star Wars celebration. We all know how that worked out. Yay. And so now it's like, now I can't even, I can't even enter your, I, I, uh, uh, uh Are we still calling America a country? Do you guys still hold that status or is it just... (laughs)
0: Loaded question. I don't know, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not to... I love Americans... I'm not a big fan of America as like the institution. Cause it's the, you guys got a few problems. Well, a, got problems a lot things, of us feel the same way, but yeah. You
0: know. um, Believe like it or I, not, <laughs> many yeah. of us are not okay with the state. Yeah. of things. <laughs> I just always, it's
1: I, if, if you listen to the Quack podcast, you've heard me talk about this stuff ad nauseum, especially last year as it was an election year, but I don't usually talk about it on the star Wars podcast, but so I just wanted to clarify I I have a great many American friends and I and I love them dearly, but I I, I the that country is a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment. Um, I, I guess we're all dumpster fires right now, but it's a kind of a, the pandemic is a bit of a of a level playing field for everybody, except New Zealand. They they're still awesome. That's um, true. They come out smelling like They put the rest
2: of us to shame.
1: I I. Yeah, I so as you guys can tell, not a lot of Star Wars news this
0: week. <laughs> not a lot of Star Wars news. Um, I, I guess I have one little thing. Um, yeah, okay. My, my two uh, Black Series Bad Batch figures arrived since we Ooh. recorded last, and I am thrilled God, out of my mind. Hunter and Crosshair, they're like probably my favorite Black Series figures uh, I've picked up ever. They're just really awesome. Their accessories are awesome. Their posing is awesome. Like, they're, the articulation is awesome. So, yeah. And now I can't here's, wait for uh, Tech and Wrecker. Yeah.
1: Here's going to be my problem with the Bad Batch going forward. And it is the thing that makes them awesome, also, also is going to be a thing that really frustrates me. <laughs> uh, I can just buy an Obi Wan Kenobi figure. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, I got an Obi Wan Kenobi figure. I can just buy a Luke Skywalker. I can just buy Ray. I can just buy Poe. It doesn't matter, right? Like, I don't. I don't need to buy a whole set of figures in order to feel fulfilled,
0: right? <laughs> I can't, yeah, it does. I can't it just buy empty. Tech. It feels empty, yo. It yeah. feels empty yeah. without tech. It feels empty without record. And the fact that like they haven't even announced Echo, Echo in yeah. Bad match style yet is like, oh come on, guys, yeah. It's frustrating, um, but like yeah. they're awesome, and I'm happy with them so far.
1: So. Well, I mean, like nice. it was, it was so frustrating for so long with the Rebels ones, where like uh, Hera came out, and then Kanan came out. Actually, I guess Ahsoka was the first one. Star Wars Rebels, Ahsoka was the first one. Maybe it was Sabine after that. I can't remember, but but a few of them came out in like pretty quick succession in the same way that these Bad Batch ones have, and then it was forever. Before like like uh Ezra came out, Chopper came out, and it took them so long to announce Zeb. He came out like oh, years yeah, after they that. finished the rest of those figures, and it was just like, come on, guys, like like you've like the rest of the crew is there. Um and and I feel like like they might pull the same thing with, with the bad batch, but maybe they've learned their lesson. I don't know. Well, well like they <laughs> they might because they just recently announced the
2: um the Clone Wars style Arc trooper Echo
0: so right it, okay. it, oh, might, God. it might be a
2: while before they get before we get another yeah. version Kyle, of Kyle don't tell figure.
0: Me. don't and, don't, and, and, don't put this and, thought in the universe man well
2: and speaking of that that was one of the things that i was waiting for on may the 4th because they announced those figures that, you know there's the um i think it's a target exclusive and it's four black series figures that are in the style of like the original clone Wars figures that first came out with the movie. Yeah. And it's the black series um, like Anakin and Obi-Wan and clone Wars style. And then uh, echo and like the clone pilot Hawk. And I've been waiting to get my hands on those, or at least like figure out when the pre-orders are going to drop. And I thought you were supposed to be able to order those on May the 4th. And it's been crickets then and ever since and they're like i think they're available now for pre-order in like canada and the uk and stuff
1: except obi-wan except obi-wan for some reason oh my god which is driving me nuts because i tried to pre-order anakin and obi-wan today because i saw that anakin was up and and yeah it yeah i'm i'm i don't know what's going on but i gotta like i basically now have to like keep refreshing
2: i uh, i actually ordered um i ordered ventress and moff gideon on Uh, May the 4th, thinking that I was then later in the day going to order Anakin and Obi-Wan to go with the Ventress. And I've gotten my Ventress. Moff Gideon gets here next week and Anakin and Obi-Wan. Who knows when those are going to be available, but I'm keeping my eyes peeled.
1: Yeah, because the the other two from that series are are also available, right? But but yeah, like the Obi-Wan just for some reason. He's a no-go and is frustrating for me because that's the one that I want. Like, I just... I get Anakin because, you know, I'll, I'll display them next to each other. But like, though, I need the Obi Wan, I need him, uh, and it's so weird because the rest of them, it's like they're all there. But, anyways, Uh yeah, let's. Uh, I guess, I guess that's it for the news. We can, we can get into the actual episode now, just uh, nice and quick, uh, right into it. You it. guys, you guys ready? Yeah, sounds good to me.
2: Cool. What else you got? Give me more.
0: Drives online. Crosshair,
1: take the towers. How many are there? Five of them.
0: That's Clone Force 99. This is Wrecker, Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Crosshair. My name's Amiga. The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past.
1: Now it's time for the rebel cells good soldiers just follow Walters episode recap okay uh, cut and run uh, directed by Brad Rao and Stuart Lee and written by uh, Gersimran Sandu. Uh, this is a new writer to to Star Wars as near as I can tell that's that's kind of what I was hearing from some of the other podcasts and stuff is uh, this is the first time uh, that uh, I believe she, I, I, again, I'm going off of what I have heard. So if I'm wrong, it's because other people were wrong. Uh, I take no blame. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's very interesting because to me, this episode is a very different tone from, I think what a lot of people were expecting. For me, that's a very good thing because I didn't want just like we talked about this last week. I didn't want it to just be like clones blowing stuff up for 22 episodes a season Um, and for it to be like this episode to be very much about what it takes to raise a child (laughs) and then also chain codes and Republic credits and that stuff. But like like the heart of this episode is definitely about the connection between Hunter and Omega and, uh, and and yeah I think that uh, bringing in some fresh blood to write some Star Wars so was, uh, was a good call because because it was it was refreshing like this I heard um this 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 drives me insane I heard people on Friday and Saturday on Twitter I guess mean, I read them but uh, referring to this episode as a filler episode. <laughs> This is the second episode, people. This is the second episode of the of the Freaking program, okay? Also, there's no such thing as a filler episode. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. You could make the argument that filler episodes exist in some anime because if it's adapted from a manga and they, like, squeeze some extra episodes in between this arc from the manga and this arc from the manga, then it's like, okay... Cause that's where the term comes from, right? Is that like like I, I always go to the Dragon Ball Z episode where Goku and oh, Piccolo learn to drive. They get their driver's <laughs> license. I, I guess they don't, but I I could like that like if you want to call anything a filler episode, you can call that a filler episode. But also don't use it as a pejorative because that, my friends, is my favorite episode of Dragon Ball Z. Of oh, <laughs> <I> course it <laughs> is. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's like the only one that I could like call out to, to anybody because uh, the rest of them are they all kind of bleed together with guys holding their hands in the air, screaming. Ugh. Um, I, love I think Dragon
0: people Ball, but... confuse filler episodes with episodes that just have smaller budgets because I remember yeah. I actually remember going to a panel Celebration one year and Dave was kind of talking about, you know, I think it was landing at Point Rain. It might have been after season two, just before season three was coming out. And he was talking about how, you know, the Geonosis arc was so, so, so expensive to produce. And then they had an episode like Lightsaber Lost, where yeah. it's just like so scaled back and it was more about cal- character development. And I remember him talking about how People, you know, a lot of people are unreasonable with their expectations because, you know, they want to see that clones blowing stuff up. They want every episode to be completely action packed and over the top. And he's like, well, there's two reasons for it. one. Sometimes you need to take a pause to develop your characters. Otherwise, you're going to stop caring about them. And two, you spend all your money on something like landing a point rain. You got to scale back a little bit. So it's it's there's pros and cons to it. But at the same time, like, there's still a purpose. It's still serving the story and, mm. you know, creating... They're setting up whatever they have to set up. It's not filler. But people confuse those things just because it's not, you know, we're not seeing the explosion from the end of the uh, the droid arc, the Sunny Day in a Void. That that one shot probably was the entire arc's budget <laughs> <laughs> of, of the uh, whatever the, the material exploding. Yeah, and that right colorful... What what was it?
2: The Rhydonium.
0: Yeah, the Rhydonium. exactly. <laughs> like they everybody expects that every episode, but it's just it's not the case. It's not in the budget. It's not practical. And you need to you need to set your characters up. There needs to be more to them than just fighting all the time. There need to be those pauses. And there needs to well, be that that, yeah. that space for growth.
1: You have to have valleys in order to have peaks, right? Like mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. It, it, one one does not come without the other. It's the, the amount of time that we spend explaining balance and, and uh, I, I, you know, like, like, like the, the, the taking the good with the bad, the light with the dark, all of that stuff to star Wars fans is staggering to me because it's like, it, we're nine movies specifically about this topic, not enough for you in order to understand <laughs> these concepts of like, you know, like it's about, it's a, it, this is about balance. So. To me, it's like I, I I could very well see us looking back at this season at the end of it and, and actually looking back on this episode very fondly um, because it is after last week, uh, 70 minutes of to be perfectly honest, actually 70 minutes of, of a lot of character stuff, mm-hmm. um, but like very like establishing character stuff. It was really cool to see them go right into character development. Um, I mean like and and we definitely got a lot of action last week like like each each of those three acts each of the three episodes contained within it had an action sequence but I I, but this one was very much like like we don't actually we don't actually get an action sequence until the very end of the episode and it's very by the book like it's it's a very dry action sequence Mm -hmm. because it's not actually about the action. It's, mm-hmm. it's it, in that moment, we care way more about Omega and Hunter than we do about like, cause we know they're going to get away. We know they're not going to yeah, get captured exactly. by the clone troopers. Right. Like, like even, even if they weren't bad batch, like they're going to get away. It's going to be fine. It's the second episode of the show. Like mm-hmm. uh, we're well, not going to raise the stakes quite that quick, but
0: I was actually very nervous about cut and sue. I didn't want their plans to get like thrown out of the loop yeah. because of the bad batch or like maybe cut, like has to help them. And he sat, like, I was like, please stay with your family. Let them handle this. Stay where you are. Like, that was the thing I was worried about because if cut got involved. Yeah. I was, I was worried that, Oh boy, that's it for him. He's done. So I was <laughs> then, very happy that bad it batch was. Has, has to adopt two more kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a wife
1: um man let's have let's have that conversation at some point how does she, how would she feel about that? Her husband dies, and it's like, yeah, but you know you can actually get a replacement yeah uh, very well, easily,
2: yeah, except now they're all uh you know imperial
1: drones not not all and all all well, you gotta well, do is mostly, whack them in the mostly. head real hard <laughs>
0: yeah, and they're all gonna be retiring soon, so they're you know they're uh Probably set for life. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll find out what retirement means. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, soon enough. Um. Cool. Let's let's get into the actual recap and cool. uh, and we can talk about the nitty gritty of it. Uh, the Bad Batch arrive at Salukami, a green, sunny world alive with vegetation and wildlife. Omega, having never been off Camino before, is particularly amazed. I. This moment is actually. Like, like you can't call this a filler episode because it starts with this moment um, when she steps off the ramp into the dirt and it kind of kicks up, which you want to talk about like budget. It's like <laughs> it's like, oh, man, we got to animate dirt particles. <laughs> I, I we got to figure out this technical animation. And I, I sometimes they'll do it and it'll look like in, in 3D animation, it'll look really cheese of like no one's interacting with that with that dust with, or with that smoke or whatever. Right. But there there's a moment where like, she kicks it up and notices it. And then she stops and she kind of like puts one foot back and you get like a little kick of dust behind her foot. And then she realizes what it is. She scoops some up and plays with it. And then like she kicks it at one point and then swipes her hand through it. And the, and the dirt like actually reacts to her hand. And I was like, that's awesome that like because they, they really, really paid attention to the fact that like this is a huge moment for this character. And it's a really important thing for us to connect with like where she's at, because we honestly like we don't have a lot of context. We could have probably assumed some of this, but like until it's stated that like, hey, she's never she's never seen dirt because she grew up on Camino and hasn't left Camino yet and wasn't being trained to be a soldier and was be like just being kept in the medical area and whatever. And like Camino is, is like pristine. Right. So this idea of like getting dirty is like, is a new concept to her. And I lo- like, this is just the first step for her literally, uh, I I, in, into this character development. And it's like, she, it's actually pretty rapid over the course of this episode. Uh, cause by the end of it, she visually looks different. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm excited for what this is implying about this character's journey over the course of this story. Like in the long run, like like uh, uh, this sort of innocence and being introduced to the the dirty world. I uh, I I. It's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it. I think that there's like some thematic stuff going on here. To put it lightly um uh, about how like she like hanging out with the bad batch and, and that was kind of, that's kind of hunter's thing later on we'll talk about it whereas he's like this is no life for a child right mm. um and and i think that that's kind of also what that's getting at is like she's been she's been protected she's she's pure and innocent and they're they are killers by trade right and like what's that gonna look like and 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 i think next week we'll, we'll probably get into it with the next episode and and further ones down the road of like how these guys are gonna make a living when their skill set is killing for a living and i mean, really guess it was droids but also like there's a the droids are a weird gray area they do have sentience in a way um uh, certainly the ones that we care about do. Right. So uh, if somebody shoots R2, we get upset. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you kind of have to think about that about the violence against droids. Um, I, but yeah, I like, how's that going to affect Omega? How is that going to change her character as the series goes on? But uh, I, I saw somebody did like a, uh, like a mashup, like with uh the, the song from Tangled when Rapunzel leaves the tower for the first time I were like running through the grass and whatnot and they like did that to this scene and I, it actually it actually worked really really well because it kind of hit home of like how amazing this is for for Omega and no no wonder she wanted to leave Camino and go with the bad batch because there's a whole galaxy out there to explore. Uh, what, what did you guys think?
2: Yeah, I thought this scene in particular was really well done. I mean, like you said just the um the animation, the the way that that dirt moved and in her interacting with it. And there was something cool about cuz I mean, this feels like kind of a familiar beat that we've seen before with like Ezra and Ray and like characters going off of their home planet for the first time and being in space for the first time and stuff like that. Um and honestly, like on the whole like I, I kind of got that vibe with this whole episode. Like I liked the the, the uh, development of the dynamic between Hunter and Omega, but there was some stuff in there where I felt like, oh, okay, we're kind of doing this again, like just kind of hitting some necessary beats to establish that relationship um, and kind of treading some familiar ground. But this in particular, I thought was really cool just to see like, not just her exploring the galaxy for the first time, but like really appreciating dirt. And I was like, mm-hmm. Huh, never thought about, you know, what it would be like to, yeah, grow up in like a sterile facility on a water planet and be, you know, ten or twelve years old or whatever she's supposed to be and literally never have seen dirt for the first time. So it was um I don't know, kind of a new spin on just like uh seeing something mundane in the galaxy through the eyes of a character who's never experienced it before. So I thought that was a nice little moment.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a similar kind of huh moment as you did, Kyle, where it's just like, oh yeah, I never really thought about it. This kid has no idea what dirt is. Um I also, Mike, I immediately thought of you and your daughter with like, mm-hmm. oh, dirt for the first time. And it's just something that you probably I think we touched on it last week that you experience all the time when your daughter sees something for the first time. Cause you I think you talked about Fantasia or something or some kind of like Disney thing with the uh yeah. with her seeing hyperspace and being out in space for the first time when we were touching on that um yeah it was cool it was really well done and i agree like i'm glad that the episode kind of opened with a little endearing omega you know little hey here's a reminder of where we are with this character i thought that was cool it's uh, for, for a
1: show that is about five elite clone troopers who are like the the best they are at what they do and what they do isn't pretty I I like for it to the open with I uh, hey and then this little girl plays in the dirt and is is uh, captivated by it it's like oh this is not this is definitely not I uh, what what? what you guys put on the box, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like when bad batch was announced and even when they showed the first few trailers, it, it was still like, okay, yeah, you guys are just going to do more clone wars. That's not very exciting. And then, and then right off the bat with this one. And, and because I got to watch this the same night that I watched the premiere. Um, Does it feel it good was to unload finally? Oh, for sure. On like this 100%. one. Cause I know
0: you've been waiting even longer for this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause even after everybody saw the first episodes, or like, like the, the premiere episode, the 70 minutes last week, I was still like the next episode is actually in my opinion, better. Like, like it's a, because it like cut and run is the first one that gives us sort of the indicator of like what the show actually is because aftermath is so much like, Hey, the clone wars is ending. Now we're starting this new thing. And it's, and it's just kind of, it's, it is literally just like the like setting up the chessboard, right? Like it's just putting all of the pieces in the places where they need to be so that the game can actually start. And then this episode is the first one where it's like, okay, this is what it's actually going to be about. Which, which, like at the heart of it is Omega and how she's going to change all, all four of them, five, five of them, hopefully, because uh, hopefully, hopefully. There will be a redemption story for Crosshair as well. Um, But yeah, like that, this, like, like basically bringing in this, this, this element of innocence is going to have this profound effect on them in the and And the fact that it's cut, the fact that we return to this character is the smartest way that they can communicate to the audience without ever saying it, that like, this is the end goal. Like this, this right here is like, like cut, figured it out before anybody else. um, And, and this is what, this is what these, these clone troopers, this is what Bad Batch has to learn is, is how to be a person, right? How to mm. stop being a clone, even, even as, as unique as each of them are,
0: <clears throat> how
1: to stop being one of the many and, and to, 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 to to really become like a fully realized person and, and especially to stop being a, a tool of the grand army of the Republic. Right. Um, and, and to, to kind of find your own, your own path. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot for one sentence. Let's, uh, let's keep going. <laughs> you, know, you want to grab the next one, Joe?
0: Sure. Uh, the group makes its way to meet Hunter's contact, a deserter of the clone army. After they spring a booby trap a friend emerges. It's been a while fellas he says that was my best D Bradley Baker and, uh, he, he it gave wasn't me bad. My all.
1: it wasn't bad I I yeah so I I mean like yeah this is the, 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 the reintroduction of Cut Laquane, uh from the episode deserter season two episode of Clone Wars um and we have not seen him since then so <laughs> it's uh it's actually really cool to to revisit this character. Um,
0: let's see. It felt I, this this episode did feel very Clone Wars to me. I don't know if it was just because of you know the setting being back at his little
3: hmm.
0: hut farm thing, um, and I I don't mean that in a bad way because obviously I want you know this show kind of does have its own tone, but like it still felt very like reminiscent of Clone Wars.
2: Hmm. See, it felt more like a Rebels episode to me.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, I, I am honestly, and this sounds a little bit waffly, but like, I feel like they've struck a really good balance with the two mm. that, because Clone Wars was so focused on the war and, uh, and, and the character development would come, but it came over a very long period of time, right? We got, we got, we would get like slivers of it. We would get, we would get just like these little, these little tiny nuggets of character development over the course of the series, Um, and, and I think a big part of that is that, is that obviously for characters like Anakin and Obi-Wan, their major character moments happen in the movies and, and they're not going to, they're, they're not going to take those away. Although Obi-Wan has some pretty major character moments in the Clone Wars, but, um, Anakin less so. I, I, but with Star Wars Rebels, because you're playing with characters who are completely unique to that story for the most part, um, you, you get to you get to explore them as much as you want. And so now here we are with these characters who are, uh, this is the, this is the glory of the clones. They are instantly familiar. They are instantly recognizable, but then with the bad batch that we don't know anything about these guys yet. And we're, we're just learning about them um, with every scene that we get. We learn a little bit more about why tech is the best and, uh, echo is echo. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 hunter is just a dad <laughs> you know i uh, like like it's like we're we're exploring that stuff I uh, and it's really it's really fun to get to explore it in that way which is very similar to star wars rebels but we are in this super familiar setting which i think is kind of what you're keying into joe which is that like this is like hey, like hey, we've been here before, and it, and also I think like the art style helps it in that way. Um, For even sure, though, yeah. So I watched the first episode of Bad Batch. Actually, they've seen they've seen the first two now uh, with the girls. Cassie doesn't care because she's not even two yet, so she just kind of plays. But Kara was sitting and watching them with me, and uh, and and she's gotten into it. Especially, I mean, like they nailed it bringing in a a, a little girl as one of the lead characters. I I is an intelligent move just in terms of captivating uh, a a wide audience Um, because she's just like, she wants to know what's up with Omega. Um, We finished watching Bad Batch and she was like, I want to watch more. And I was like, there isn't more yet. We got to wait till next week for a new episode. I was like, but (laughs) there is this whole other show. Uh, And so we went back and we started watching the Clone Wars movie. And I, let me tell you, going from one immediately to the other there's a very staggering visual (laughs) difference between the clone wars movie and uh and 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 even even like season two and three of the series um the 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 movie i think even has a distinct look from the rest of the series even from even from season one but uh uh yeah it's uh that's not really a positive. There's a lot of bloom in the first season or in, in the movie. I, I, I guess it's there in the first season as well. Yeah. Right there is some in the first season too. It, it's interesting. Cause to me, like I always like that, like that definitely puts me right back to a specific t- place in time in video games where like all of a sudden they figured out how to do light bloom and it was in every <laughs> single you video know. game. And it was used to mask a lot of, rough areas yeah um and you can see them using it in in the clone wars movie as like a a a bit of a crutch and it's it's funny because when we because then when we popped a bad batch it's like crystal clear like it is crisp as crisp can be like it's it's amazing how good the show looks um, it's amazing that they do it on a TV budget. Like that's the thing that's crazy.
2: It really Uh, is. Yeah. uh,
1: When you compare it to other anime, like 3d animated TV shows. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's leaps and bounds ahead, but, uh, but yeah. So I, I think that like all of these things kind of come together. Like the storytelling is very much rebels, but the visuals and the characters and sort of like the, those, um, the trappings that come with that is very Clone Wars, so it kind of just melds these two things together in a very nice way. Um, I still prefer Rebels at this point, but uh, but I'm I'm keeping an open mind. I don't I don't think like look, they had Kanan already, and I don't think that we'll get to see uh, Go Caleb Doom again. I'll be very surprised if we do, but I uh, I without without that character. I don't know. But then again, at the beginning of star Wars rebels, if you had told me that the cowboy Jedi would end up being my second favorite star Wars character of all time, I probably would have thrown something at you <laughs> and like, no, it's Han Solo. Han Solo's not even on the top five anymore, by the way. I, I, sorry, Carl. So I was um, just
0: going to say, Oh, Carl. Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah. Yeah. Cause it used to, I, there's, there's a Facebook post on that always comes up in my memories every year. When I got, I got like my fourth Obi-Wan Kenobi statue and it was like, put it up and took a picture of it, posted on Facebook and it looked like a shrine to Ewan McGregor. And I was like, huh, I guess I can't really say that it's a two way tie for my favorite Star Wars character between Obi-Wan and Han Solo anymore. Because I don't have any Han Solo statues or, you know, like uh, uh, really not any merch to speak of. Uh, And yet I have all this Obi-Wan stuff. So, yeah. Sorry, Han. Did make the cut? Uh, that was a bit of a walk. Uh, let's get let's get back to it. I, I, Kyle, you go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'll take the next part. Uh, Hunter introduces Echo and Omega to Cut Laquane and his wife Sue. Cut relays that Captain Rex passed through just yesterday, telling him about the clone troopers turning against the Jedi and the inhibitor chips. Soon, Cut and Sue's children, Shea and Jack, uh, recruit Omega for some playtime.
1: Uh, this is cool because I, I like that we get to see the the you know I I Omega interacting with some kids for the first time, not really understanding it. She doesn't know how to play ball. <laughs> I, it's a it's it's a it's a cute moment of just like like again, sort of showing how innocent and uh, I, I, naive she is, um, and it's going to be interesting to see compared to the very like uh world weary cynical uh, bad batch I like how that's going to how that's gonna play out. Um but yeah uh, I don't know anything
0: else to say guys? Uh I'm sure it's been brought up before. Um I guess it's more like a question and an observation or whatever. I don't know. Um Jason Sindula, son yeah. of a human and a Twilek has green hair and then cut and sue two twi'lek seeming children how does that work is it just like oh you just roll the dice genetics genetics are crazy whatever happens happens is that like the thing is it like certain twi'leks have less dominant genes like has anyone discussed this that there is a difference and why there might be a difference
1: i think i think at the moment we have three data points and it's okay. not really enough to make any, like, definitive conclusions. Because <laughs> sure. well, two of them are very similar, and then one of them is very different, right? Here's um, the thing I always
2: assumed with that, though, was um, I just figured that Sue's kids were from, like, a previous relationship. Because of also, if you think about, like, the timeline that we know in Clone Wars, and I don't know that it's ever, like specifically established oh, in, yeah. in canon and within the show that but you know I, I mean i feel like we've always known or at least assumed that the clone wars takes place over like a three-year time span yeah yeah
0: you're and right so
2: if we meet cut laquane in i mean it's season two of the clone wars but let's assume they're halfway through the war and he's already fought in the war on the side of the republic and you know deserted at some point and now settled down and has a family with two kids that in that episode seem to be at least like four or five years old like the math just doesn't work out unless the clone wars is a lot longer than we thought it was. So, um, yeah, I just assumed that he met someone who already had kids and just kind of
0: settled in with that family. Kyle, you just saved me a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> Cause that makes perfect I, sense to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I always just assumed that they were his kids. I didn't, I didn't,
0: Cause... Yeah, he would have had to have left before the war started because yeah, and that's heard the heard thing, them, right? Like the it. Clone Wars is only three years, and it's not like it's been three years. It's like he was probably at least a couple of months into the war before he left, if not later than that. Season two is like maybe a year into the Clone Wars, maybe a little maybe like six months. Um Yeah, no, I'm, that makes I've, perfect. I've sense. got the
1: Wikipedia open right now, and I'm trying I'll to thank
0: thanks
1: to, the force to figure this out but there's man where I don't sometimes there like you go on wikipedia and it's like there's a lot in this entry and I don't understand uh I where this information is coming from and I understand that there are there are footnotes and stuff so I can figure it out but it's just like, there's a lot more information about Cut than I expected. Because this is like, shortly after the Battle of Geonosis, the first battle of the galaxy-wide Clone Wars, Cut was still serving in the Republic military. On one of his missions, he boarded a troop transport along with several other troopers. And it's like, hold up. Well, where he ex- is He explains all that
2: in his Clone Wars episode.
1: Oh, does he? Okay. It's yeah, yeah. So I remember boss, him 100%. kind
2: of telling Rex that backstory. And he says it was shortly after the Battle of Geonosis and his troop transport got shot down and okay, stuff like that
1: yeah uh so let's see he he met sue laquane a female twilight he got to know sue and eventually fell in love the two married and cut became the adoptive stepfather of two human twilight children. okay thank you, there, it
0: there it is and thank you mike for confirming
1: yeah uh so what where it's, although that's I, interesting in though the, i guess it's in the episode guide the oh the okay but the episode, gui- the episode guide for that episode does not exist anymore, or has changed? I think it
0: should. I think they do. I remember seeing them not too long ago. I'm going to go it, look it at it. The, the, the
1: link on Wikipedia is, is a dead link. Uh, okay. Before oh, okay. Before. okay. Gotcha. But I... Uh,
0: it should exist, yeah. though. Anyways.
1: Anyways, there there it is. There we have it. Uh, an answer to our question. Um but it still begs the question of like a human uh twilight hybrid well like like what's the how, how did the dominant genetics work and and i mean like i guess that that's just what it is it's just dominant genetics right because yeah because because jason doesn't have uh uh leku at all right or at least yeah. he didn't yeah, he did he's in, he's just in the one hair, scene that we yeah. saw him he does have really big ears <laughs> I will, I will point that out. Like, like, like the kid got some Dumbo ears going on and there's nothing wrong with that, but, uh, and they're, they are green at the tips. Um, like that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. So I think like his oh, I ears. Yeah. Yeah. There he's got green hair and then, and then, and then green tipped, uh, uh ears. Um, yeah. Yeah. I it, Jason's kind of weird looking, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, he got it. I feel is. like they could have spent a little bit more time on that character model, but I, I, but he is only in like one shot. So, um, man, that's a character that is that so many people are like, when and where will we get to see
0: him? <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable.
1: It's ridiculous. Well, it's just like Disney is so afraid of of post return of the Jedi stuff other than the Mandalorian right now it's and it's really interesting to see how they handle that because it's like because this period that we're talking about this period between uh, uh, episode three and episode four like no more please let Obi-Wan be the last time we I, I guess Andor and Obi-Wan right like let those be the last stories we tell in this era I'm Unless done. we get a,
2: a Jedi Fallen Order 2, I want that too. Yeah, I guess, yeah.
1: I guess, yeah, we got to get a Jedi Fallen Order 2 as well. Um, yeah, because that's only – how far after Revenge is that? That's, that's only five years. Five right? years, yeah. Yeah, which means that it's not even – like like uh, Kenobi is going to be even further after that because Kenobi is 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't it be wild if they jumped in the next Fallen Order to like – Empire Strikes Back era or something. <laughs> like like if it was just like, like by the way, there's a whole bunch of storytelling that we didn't tell you guys in the middle. Um, I'll continue here. Uh, we can't, we, there, we do not have time to get into Jedi fallen order right now. Uh, let's stay focused. Uh, Hunter and cut catch up. Uh, cut wonders why the Kaminoans may have created Omega and adds that Seleucami is no longer safe. He's taking his family off world. I have to do what's best for them," he says, uh, motioning to his children. I uh, uh, my inflection was wrong on that. I think it's more of a, I have to do what's best for them, uh, uh, focusing on the kids. I, I, yeah, I mean, like that's that's super reductive. Uh, Cut wonders why the Kaminoans may have created Omega. What he actually says is, like, like uh, in reference to the rest of the Bad Batch, like each one of you has a has a purpose like what's hers right um and and so there is that there's like this man i hate using the term but it is a bit of a mystery box uh surrounding omega and and uh uh, nala says assistance why is she ensuring the survival of uh of of omega one theory that I heard over on, uh, what the force, I, I, which is a great podcast that everybody should listen to. Um, one theory, uh, that, uh, I, 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 Kyle, I, uh, one of the hosts, of, they're doing their, their bad batch coverage or whatever. He posited that Omega is somehow connected into, cause he, he's got this idea that like this whole series is about like, basically like freeing the clones, uh Hmm. uh and 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 sort of explaining like where they went um and what happened oh interesting yeah and so his thing is that like is that is that maybe the keminoans kind of saw the writing on the wall and they've actually engineered omega to as as, like the key to that Hmm. for some reason um, or like a fail safe or something like that. Like if, if the empire ever, or if the Republic ever turned on the Keminoans, that they had a backup of like, uh, well, we can take our product back sort of thing. Right. But that, that the bad batch will end up using whatever that is that Omega has in order to essentially like, like reverse order 66, um, so that the clones all get their, their independence back. Um, and, uh, and then they'll free the clones and, and, uh, and do what rise of Skywalker couldn't do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe just ask the question cause, cause the, the movies never quite got there. They kind of skirted around it, but never really asked the question of like, Hey, um, isn't it a little bit immoral to genetically engineer people to die? I uh, I like you know, like like the other guys are using droids, and it's like, yeah okay, like there's a moral conundrum there of like why are we putting synthetic brains into robots just to blow them up um but but uh, but you know what's worse than that um um creating a life just for the sole purpose of cannon fodder uh, <laughs> and then also like saying like these ones are important enough to get colors on their outfits, so they're, Like they're going to get the good equipment, but these ones over here that are for all intents and purposes, exactly the same. We've just deemed them less worthy so they can stand in front so that the other ones with the nice armor get to live. I, and the Jedi are complicit in that. And nobody really, we never really get into it of like Palpatine was pretty clever. (laughs) Like, Hey, Mm. you guys have to have an army. Um, your army is going to be alive and that's going to be a real complication for your moral standing in the galaxy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't work out so well for the Jedi, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this is all along the right lines and that we're going to ask these questions and, and sort of delve into this idea of like, yeah, the Republic was kind of, that was kind of garbage of them to, to just be like, Hey, you guys are fighting a war for us. Um, and they didn't really have a choice because they had this thing attached to their brain that made them go yeah that's what we're here for right that's mm-hmm. we've been we've been conditioned from birth and we also have a chip in our heads that tells us that we have to um t- nobody let Elon Musk watch this this television show by the way <laughs> don't, don't let yeah. Elon Musk watch Star Wars um yeah any thoughts on anything that I just said cuz I said a lot
2: um I I kind of have some thoughts on the stuff about like the the morality of of using the clones as cannon fodder and all that but I'll save that for later in the episode because there's uh, a right. particular right. scene where I want to talk about that. Totally.
1: Uh Joe, you want to keep going?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh Cut and Hunter head into town. When Cut tries to buy passage on a transport, his credits are denied. All citizens must now register with the Empire and obtain a chain code for purchases. And actually, Kyle, you mentioned Rebels before, and now that I'm thinking about it, this was very Rebels, right? Like the ghost crew yeah. sneaking around the Empire, like an Empire-occupied city. Um, yeah, that that this was very Rebels at this part, for sure. Yeah, that that was
2: mostly kind of where I got that feeling, too. Um, especially, in a, you know, even down to, like, you were talking about the production budgets and stuff, and this was obviously a bit more scaled down than the last episode and all the water effects on Camino and the big battle scenes and all that kind of stuff. And you could tell that like this little town or outpost or whatever it is on Salukami, which is the first time we've ever seen any semblance of civilization there to begin with, um, you know, it was just kind of small and probably not very costly from a production standpoint. Um, but yeah, it kind of had that Rebels vibe of them kind of making their way through an occupied city and trying to sneak somebody off in a transport ship and all that. <laughs>
1: uh yeah 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 we got like the whole the whole um i i the hologram guy and whatever like it's very like it's it's rebels it's also there's a little bit of solo in there right yeah Mm, okay like the imperial recruitment sort of thing um that we see in solo yeah yeah Uh, it
2: was also interesting to get you know obviously they explain more about the whole chain code thing which we saw in the mandalorian and I just assumed cuz I'm trying to remember in The Mandalorian I know Boba Fett says like uh you know his chain code has been encoded in this armor for 25 years or whatever when he's trying to prove to Mando that like the armor belongs to him and I don't remember if we hear anybody else talk about chain codes in that show but I had kind of I was under the impression at least that it was kind of a like a bounty hunter type thing like that's their um I don't know their personal identification that they use to register with the guild or track their bounties or what have you. Um, or that it's something that they used to specifically link like their armor or their weapons to them or whatever. But now we find out, no, this is basically just like your uh, your passport or your driver's license number that everybody in the galaxy uses, but makes sense that like this was not a thing under the Republic, but now with the empire and the Titan security and, and all that kind of stuff that they're, um, you know, trying to come up with some way to, register everybody in the galaxy which you know when you think about the scale of that it's like i don't know how you're gonna keep you know how that would actually work keeping all of that in one database or something but um makes sense that that would be something that the empire would be enforcing as a security measure as they're taking over just to try to track people and, and keep tabs on things
0: i actually assumed that the chain code when uh boba mentioned it in mandalorian was like an ancestral kind of thing Huh. like it was my father's armor as chain i don't know why like i just got that vibe that it just meant like the legacy of that armor you know passing down from whatever generation to generation because i know uh well at least in the old canon i don't i don't know what the new canon is that uh Django, was Django a foundling and like was brought into into whatever i don't know but um i just kind of assumed it was just kind of like the armor was handed down generation after generation here it's in the chain code right here this is, this is not stolen armor
1: mm-hmm. yeah well chain code actually gets brought up in season 1 before that by the client um when he gives when he gives the uh the details for uh for grogu to, oh that's to, right that's right Mango. so like that's the first time that we heard it said was,
0: was what, what was the context though like what what he it
1: was it was like when he was giving him the tracker or whatever and it's like it's it's something about it, like it's keyed to his chain code or whatever
0: yeah well no i think i
1: think
2: mando i think mando asks him for the chain code and he says uh we can only give you the last four digits or something which is the age and that's right that he's 50
1: 50 years old okay okay Um good yeah so so yeah it's they're kind of look i hate to break this to everybody um, Star Wars is pretend and it's all made up and <laughs> the people no, who made everything it, wrapped in a bow, the people who make it up, they are actually making it up as they go along. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not, I'm certainly not complaining or saying that. No, it felt no, like I know you not, you know, a, a breach in <laughs> oh, I I or anything, I'm
2: <laughs> just, you know, it was different than I expected, but I don't think it contradicted anything that we knew. Before. I just
1: always like to take the opportunity because I know that, uh, uh you know, like like Paul, uh, might be mad about this sort of thing because it's really important for for guys like Paul to uh, over on the, the side. We continues that uh, that the sci fi stuff be uh, uh, explained ad nauseum. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, I'm giving him a hard time because he's actually really inconsistent about that stuff. Anyways, I, I I'm just teasing Paul. I, <laughs> But, yeah, no, there are a lot of fans that, like, they want to. There's that whole attitude of, like, I watched the thing better than you did because I spotted mm-hmm. the continuity error. And it's like, yeah, right. but I had fun. Yeah. It, made, yeah. it made me <laughs> happy. So um, who actually. Who's the
0: real winner it? here.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just like to remind our audience because I know I, I do know that we got. We got a lot of young, impressionable Star Wars fans that listen to this show over the years and uh, i i i i just want them to know that like there's a right way and there's a wrong way to enjoy star wars and if you try and enjoy star wars like it's star trek i i not, and that's not a slight against star trek enjoy star trek in this way when star trek is like hey we're going to pretend like this is science and then two episodes later they're like this science contradicts that science it's like hey uh, guys uh, get it together you're you're supposed to be a science fiction show but star wars is space fantasy like this is not sci-fi so like like this weird like like i uh, i uh, dystopian uh registration i also like that it's played off in this is like oh my god i can't believe that they're registering people i uh, in the United States they have uh, uh, social Security right <laughs> yeah
0: that was my first thought I was like oh they're just it's actually have social security cards okay it's actually it's actually called out
1: on the website like on starwars.com in the trivia section like there's a thing about like a chain code being like a social security number in the in the United States and and here um, I I we have uh, social insurance in Canada um which is the same thing like and and it's like like i i have a number i am registered with the country my kids both have numbers my wife does like like the government knows who we are based on that stuff um and it's and it's how we get things like tax credits and uh I, I, you know important stuff like that because in canada i don't know if you guys know this but um but i uh, like we have like free health care
0: here um, that must be nice yeah socialized what, what a
1: bunch of commies <laughs> yeah. uh, I, and it's and it's fantastic because if something happens we just go to the hospital and then just like and then they just treat us uh and then we can leave um so so it's actually i love that like like they're playing it in this as because we know it's the empire so it's like well well with these guys like this is a fascist thing but it's actually also just like a government thing in general and it can yeah. be actually very helpful and important for administrative purposes. But uh but it's the like there's the there's the angle to it here of like the only way to get imperial credits is with a chain code. Um, and then later on we get we get to the thing with with uh with tech and he's like it's actually it's actually pretty genius when you think about it like you you would know everything about every person in the galaxy (laughs) it's like he's he really he really appreciates it um but yeah i i where are we uh kyle you want you want to keep going
2: yeah um back at the farm the children continue to play but omega goes beyond the fence and a deadly nexu appears hunter and sue turn it away but the clone force 99 leader loses his temper he berates the young one until cut
1: intervenes comforting omega uh man these these paragraphs are really short every time you guys end it like catches me off guard um i <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the, so i i heard a lot of people online talking about like this Nexu looks weird and it's like it's really thin and then in the in the the episode guide under the trivia thing it was like it's a it's basically a, a i think they call it a fledgling Nexu, so meaning right. that it's like a it's like an ad, adolescent
2: I just assumed Um, maybe they fed him really well on Geonosis and this one was having a hard time finding food.
1: I honestly just chalked it up to style. Like, like I just, I don't know. It's the clone wars. Everybody looks a little bit thinner than they should. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well also
2: in clone wars, you know, like um, in season one, we got gone knocked, which was like the first time we'd ever seen a overweight trained ocean. Um, You know, all the, all the ones we had seen before were like all tall and lean and stuff. So I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like the Nexu on Geonosis, but sure, maybe there's a skinny one out here in the middle of Felucia. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Everybody on Twitter complained about the Nexu, and I had fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even pick up on it. I was just like, oh, Nexu, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, no, when I watched the episode, I definitely didn't didn't clock it. It was just one of those things that, like, then the next day on Twitter, it's just like...
0: There's going to be something. There's always going to be every episode. Nexto was is all really scraggly, something. and
1: I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, it had teeth, it had all the eyes, it had the claws. That's what well,
0: I, I looked at it. I knew it was a Nexo. Yeah, yeah. That was really um, all I needed. I, I,
1: I, I really liked the moment here, especially like as a dad, and 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 being able to relate to cut here, um, and and seeing the way that Hunter reacts where he like basically yells at her, like, what were you thinking? And then, and then cut kits in there. And he's like, she's a kid. Like she didn't know this is, this is, it's what, this is one of those things. And, and, and this is something that like, cause, cause I've, I've been, I've been on both sides of that. Like I've definitely overreacted to things. And then I've also like, like said to, to my wife at times, like, Hey, like they're kids. Like they, I, and, and there's an element of it that when a kid does something dangerous, I uh, sometimes it is on them and, and, and you have to like, like, you know, uh, uh, chastise them a little bit and, you know, like, like teach them uh, that they've done something wrong. not necessarily teach them, but remind them that they are doing something wrong because you've already taught them. Uh, but other times it's because you didn't teach them, in which case it's actually not their fault. It's yours as a parent. Right. And this is definitely like, like, I think you, you get that from Kite in, in the subtext of like, this is actually on us. Like we didn't like, like we shouldn't have just let Omega like play outside. Right. Like, like this, like we should have gone over these rules. Don't leave the fence. Cause they don't like, they never tell her. Nobody ever tells her. Right. Uh, So like, that's kind of, that's it. That's one of those instances where I, I, you know, that like cut is going to have a conversation with his kids later and be like, look, yeah, uh, you need to you need to look out for your friends when you're playing with them because maybe they don't know the rules like like there there's definitely there were several teachable moments as a as a dad that I like picked up on there and I like that that was actually it was actually written into it like it was I'm I wasn't just like putting my own stuff onto the show like it was like there was a conscious decision of like of having this moment happen not as like a oh let's raise the stakes, oh let's let's put something exciting in the middle of this episode. But it was literally to highlight Hunter has no idea how to raise a kid and he's gonna have to learn. Right. Um and it also reinforces it it helps us kind of get on his side a little bit when it comes to the whole like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna leave Omega with with Cut and Sue. Right. Like you're kinda like, Yeah, I get it. Like, like uh, as much as we've seen this story now three times in Star Wars since Disney took over uh because uh Kanan tries to to give Ezra uh to um to it's luminara right that uh that I oh, yeah. think is still alive um uh but just ends up being a creepy uh, uh, uh a mummy that the inquisitors used to catch Jedi uh people are like rebels is such a it's so it's such a baby star wars show and i'm like really because there's that one time that they had the desiccated corpse of a jedi knight (laughs) uh, that they were using as cheese to lure in jedi to the mouse trap like that's that's dark that's pretty that's pretty crazy but uh, uh and then and then obviously i i most of Mandalorian is about him trying to get rid of this kid Uh (laughs) until he realizes like, Oh wait, I don't want to get rid of this kid. And then he does get rid of the kid at the end. I, I, they're confused. Season two of the Mandalorian feels a little bit confusing in that respect, but here we get like, we're going to get the right, the, the, the right answer, which is that Omega belongs with. With these guys, but, but this is allowing us to kind of question it for a second of like, well, she would be, she would definitely be safer with cut and Sue, but she's not a normal kid. Like that's the, that's sort of the thing that we'll come back to by the end of it is like, she's not, she's not a normal kid. She is part of clone force 99. She is, she is a part of the bad batch. So, uh, and you guys got anything to add to that?
2: Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I, we haven't really kind of got to that point in the the recap yet where he's really trying to, you know, push her off on uh cut and Sue, but like that for me was where, you know, again, it just kind of felt like we were treading old ground a bit. I mean, like you said, we've seen that with, uh, Kanan and Ezra, we saw it with Mando and Grogu. Um, and it, like you said, it was kind of a theme of the whole second season of like him trying to return him to Luke, but even in season one. Uh, you know, you have like the first three episodes where he he gets him from the the Imperials and then the next episode he takes him to Sorgan and tries to like leave him with a family. And it's yeah. like, you know, so the whole like, oh, where I'm going, it's dangerous and it's no place for a kid and it's not safe. and whatever. Like to me, it was just kind of like been there, done that. Um, and so that's where like I wouldn't say this was like a filler episode or that I didn't enjoy it or anything, but this just kind of felt like like a, a, at this point, it feels like any time we have kind of like an adoptive like father child relationship. It's like, okay, we need to get over this hump where like they try to pawn the kid off on somebody else and then realize that they're meant to stay together. And it's like, okay, now we can get on with the actual story of whatever they're going to be doing together. Now that we know that they're uh, sticking together for the time being.
0: Yeah. The the plot points didn't matter as much as the development did like the character development did. Yeah. um, For sure.
1: Cool. Uh, I will continue here. Uh, Omega stays on the ship crying uh, outside hunter tells cut and sue that that he wants omega to leave with them Uh, you two can give her something that we can't he says when sue asks if that's what hunter wants he evades it's what she needs he says um i also i love the way that hunter refers to uh, like the 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 four of them as a as a co-parenting group in this in this context he's like you two can give them give her something that we can't as in like all of the bad batch <laughs> yeah. it's like we're all her dad um i and i i, I just think that that's the that, that's kind of a funny dynamic it's kind of three men and a baby well it's four a, yeah <laughs> yeah it's 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 four men and uh, uh and a little s- smaller female version of those <laughs> men uh not as catchy of a title but uh accurate um <laughs> but yeah it, it. i i just like that that's going to be the dynamic although we we already see that like wrecker is is less of a parental figure and maybe even maybe even not an older brother but like a younger yeah. brother or in a certain way right yeah. or yeah like 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 i uh, i uh, if we're talking developmentally i think that omega might actually have him beaten a lot of aspects um but uh, uh have you guys noticed that uh that Wrecker is consistently in the background on the ship, uh, uh using their gonk droid to uh work out. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, constantly. Uh, that gonk droid, by the way, on starwars.com is referred to as gonky. Uh, gonky the <laughs> gonk droid. Um, I yeah, I expected them to have a droid, I expected the droid to have a personality. Uh, I was
0: really hoping. I hope so. was well, on, we got but... we got time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I want that Gonk Droid to like end up being important to the series. Uh, they're, uh, their <laughs>
2: droid with a personality is Echo.
1: <laughs> well, oh, man. Shots fired. Yeah, that's rough for Echo. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you want? Uh, sorry, no, Joe, you want to go?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Tech and Echo formulate a plan to get Cut's family on a ship they'll have the clone authorities impound their shuttle while they hide aboard once they're at the dock they'll download the chain codes and deliver them to the family but there's one element that they missed omega is still on the ship with them
1: <laughs> this is, uh it's a, it, there's a good c- comedy beat in here that i that i enjoyed when it's like yeah but she's there and and i uh... Uh, tech just like looks at echo what?
3: and then look over.
1: yeah like like just dumbfounded because because mm. like it's been it's it's been kind of a running thing so far that tech doesn't uh he doesn't consult um he kind of he's uh, none of them follow rules right so mm-hmm. and it manifests in different ways and for tech his his sort of uh, uh his way of manifesting that defiant nature is that he just like, he either assumes that everybody else already knows what he's thinking and just, and he just does what he's going to do. Um, um, or, or he sees himself as above and goes like, this is what we're doing. This is a plan. This is the plan. I know what I'm doing. Right. Um, but he he's, he's genuinely taken aback when he's like, uh, Oh, I didn't, uh, I'm not. I'm not calculating for the presence of Omega yet, right? Like it's not. It's sort of not in his tactics planning yet. Um,
0: what do you and, What do you guys want to see out of Tech this season developmentally? Like, how do you want him to grow? Is it because, like, that's all? You know, you're you're spelling that stuff out, Mike. And yeah. to me, I feel like this is a great like starting point
1: yep, for him for sure. Um, I mean, I think, I think if we're going to kind of look at it as like a wizard of Oz type of thing, he's a bit of a tin man or like he is, he is all logic. He is all, all head and no heart. And I think that Omega is going to help him round out in that way
3: mm-hmm.
1: to where, to where I think that he'll, he'll, he will be forced at some point in this series to make a decision that is not the smart decision, but that is the right decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I think like that'll be sort of like the turning point for that character where, where he's faced with something where it's like, like where it's very clear to us as the audience that he knows that tactically speaking, it would be much better for them to do X, Y, or Z. I, I, but because, this is his family he's going to or or maybe even like like protecting innocence right like um like in in some sort of a like 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 in some sort of like a rescue type situation or something like that um that uh that that he'll have to get over that aspect of himself um and uh and and and, and do what's right. Think with his heart instead of his head. One of the things that I actually really appreciate about this character as we're talking about him, and I'm, I'm just realizing this, it would be very easy for them to write this character, and this is a crutch that I've seen a lot lately in writing, is to, to write him as the faux autistic character um, and to use that as like a, a shortcut to explaining to us what type of person he is. Yeah. Which... Which to me is, sometimes it can work like on community. It works really well uh, with the character Abed. But for me, more often than not, it comes off as disingenuous. Because instead of thinking of a a person with autism as a human being with autism, we think of autism as a, a character trait or even worse, a character flaw, a character defect. Um, when like being neurodivergent is just it's it's exactly what it is it's just a different way of thinking a different way of processing and they they could have taken that route with tech in order to get across to us that like oh he's all logic he's all about the numbers but they didn't that's not who he is he's actually he reminds me a little bit of uh of Fenton Gearloose from the new DuckTales series Uh, who's played by Jim Rash and it's like Fenton is not, he's not like, what's the word for it? I guess like, he's not like disaffected or like, or sort of like, like aloof in the way that, that autistic characters are often written. He is like, he's just, he's straight up uncaring. Like, and he knows it. He knows that he doesn't care, but, but he doesn't care. (laughs) Right. And I think that tech is very similar where like tech is aware that other people make decisions based on feelings. It's not, it's not that that doesn't that, that like, Oh, does not compute. Right. Like that sort of a, a um, that sort of a crutch, but I, uh, but he just, he just values logic and tactics over other stuff. Right. So seeing him break out of that and, and embrace uh, uh the, the sort of like the softer side will be I think the evolution for that character. I think that's the there's there's that balance. it's like it's like we talk about I think we talked about this last week with wrecker um eventually like learning the hand signals. <laughs> like 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 eventually that'll be like a big i really moment. hope so <laughs> that'll that be a big happen. moment when so when, bad. when we're in a situation and it's really tense and everybody's like oh no what are we gonna do and then wrecker <laughs> throws up the hand signals please and, give
0: me this i want it so bad i yeah, want it like, so bad like i i
1: i, I think so like i think the two of them are kind of on opposite like not opposite, but inverted paths, right? Mm. Like they're 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 the opposite sides of the coin, sort of thing. Um, and eventually, like they'll kind of flip in order to to become uh, fully realized characters. uh Kyle, why don't you uh, why don't you grab the next section? All right. Uh,
2: clones inspect the bad batch's craft while Tech Echo and Omega hide. Once the coast is clear, Echo and Tech make their move. Later, as they debate how to get the chain codes to cut in his family, Omega takes matters into her own hands.
1: Uh, this is like the classic we like there's a kid as part of the team now uh where uh uh, they're like oh what are we gonna do and then they look and it's like there she goes Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just so it's so classic uh uh, i love it i also i I don't know what it was about this but like there was something about the way that they animated um i i echo i getting the the um the cards right like that the chain codes are on like the way the way that he like sort of like fingers through them and then he like grabs the one like like the data disk thing and puts it in the box with it that it was just like that is the sort of thing that they did not do in the first few seasons of clone wars where it was like everything was very kind of mechanical um but they've gotten to this point where they're doing stuff with the animation that I would expect from like a Pixar or like a Disney animation studios. Right. <laughs> or, or, or at this point, actually Sony, Sony uh, pictures animation, cause they're doing incredible stuff. Um, but just like those, those weird little sort of like, like real moments right where it's like like you wouldn't cuz in season 1 of clone wars he would have just picked up a box it wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to see the individual cards in it mm-hmm. he wouldn't have grabbed another thing to go with it he would have just bought grabbed a case right and and then like run out but like at the point that we're at now it's like It's like he grabs it and the cards kind of shift a little bit and he fingers through them and then he grabs the thing and he he puts it in the box with the rest of them. And it's kind of like like it's kind of like like propped up in there. And I just thought like that just those little subtle things that I think that most of the audience probably isn't really paying attention to because because they shouldn't be. Right. But it's stuff that absolutely sells the reality of this ridiculous world that that star wars exists in right um but it just like it it makes the chain codes like this very real thing of like you need yeah you need a card and then and then he's got like this data thing that they're going to use that's got probably like got the code or whatever that that tech needs um i also love that uh, we kind of glossed over it earlier there's the moment where where hunter is like uh tech do you think you could uh you can figure out how to like basically hack the chain codes and, and, and make some. And he's like, well, I just figured, I, I just learned what they are like two minutes ago, but um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I just that, just that blistering confidence <laughs> that tech has. um, But yeah, like, I, I just, I don't know. There was just something about that moment that like, because uh, there, there's all, right before it he doesn't just go over and open the panel he goes over and he tries to open it and it doesn't open and he tries to like reach underneath it to like to try and pop it and then looks and hits something on the panel and it opens and I, it's just i was just like it's it's they're um they're doing these subtle little things of like hey the empire is different from the republic and these guys know the republic Backwards and forwards, but like all this new imperial stuff is going to be weird to them, and it's super subtle, but it's definitely there. Of like, of like, wait, what? Is, what? What is the empire doing? Right, and I think we're going to see that a lot. As like to sort of punctuate the idea that, um, two things: the empire is is different from the the republic. That's super important for everybody to know, and and to, um. Palpatine has been planning this (laughs) the whole time and, and he must actually have a lot of people that are kind of like, like, not in on the plan, but like involved in the conspiracy, whether they knew it or not. I feel like it's kind of like in Batman Begins when they're like, well, we're going to order the masks from over here and we're going to order the belts from over here. <laughs> and No one will know that Batman's the one doing all of this. Like they won't be able to trace it back to Bruce Wayne. And I feel like Palpatine did the same thing of like all of this Imperial stuff that's showing up all of a sudden. yeah it's going to be such a big moment when we get to see the stormtrooper armor for the first time, I'm guessing probably the end of the season, but, but I, but I feel like, like we're kind they're kind of already hinting at it with like the officers are, none of them are clones, right? Not that like they weren't necessarily before, right? Cause you had Yularen and, and Tarkin and whatnot, but like none of them are clones and their uniforms have already changed into Imperial uniforms. Right, like they've already made the swap from from the from the Republic uniforms, and uh, so there's just there's stuff like that kind of all over the place that's sort of peppering in that that like these they're they're going to be out of their element. They're going to have to learn to adapt, like like uh, like uh, Saw Guerrera says, right? Adapt and survive. So I talked a lot about a very innocuous moment. Um,
0: and, and it, really it was cool though. That no, that's that a good important, point.
1: But yeah, I, I,
0: but these, these are the things worth pointing out because like a lot of the times, you know, it's, 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 they're not really to be appreciated. It's there because it's serving whatever its purpose to the story is. But you know, a lot of people don't pick up on this stuff. So I like that. I like hearing stuff like that, little moments like that that you pick up on.
1: Well, I'm glad you do. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully the audience agrees. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, we get emails next week that are like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Four to hours read to read
0: talk about chain yeah. codes.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll continue here. Still, the Empire is everywhere. Uh, following a few close calls, Omega finally reaches Hunter. Cut, Su- uh, sorry, Hunter, Kutsu, and the others. Hunter, however, tells Omega that the extra chain code is for her. She's to leave with the family. Uh, but I want to stay with you, she says. Whoever's writing the recaps for Bad Batch is putting in a lot of quotes <laughs> and uh, they didn't like, usually maybe you would get one quote in a, in a, in a, in an entire recap um, uh, yeah, for Clone Wars or, or Rebels. Uh, and, uh, but now they're, they're getting a lot of quotes in there and it's like, I'm not going to do the voices. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, except uh, I will point out that when Omega says her own name, she says Omega. Omega, yeah, <laughs> like, Omega. Yeah. I'm, Omi- I- I'm Omega. I'm <laughs> Omega, it's like that's is, not how you say. Is
0: name. that a New Zealand thing? Because it's, it's not played yeah. by someone who's from New Zealand, right?
1: Uh no, I think she is. I think she is. is. She really? Yeah, yeah. That's I th- pretty cool. I think I think that they made a point of of casting someone uh, that that uh, because you're you're kind of trying to, <laughs> in a very weird way. I I I match it to Tamara Morrison, right slash D. Bradley yeah. Baker, doing Tamara Morrison. So uh, it's, it's Michelle Ang or Ong. I'm not sure, but uh, is is the one who I uh, voices Omega. Um, let's see. Her IMDb doesn't really give me these details. Uh, no, uh, she was, uh, known from her early work as a regular cast member on the Australian show Neighbors. So, I mean, she's from the other hemisphere, so
0: <laughs>
1: that's, uh, that's close enough.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm satisfied.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, you want to keep going? It's a, it's a, it's a short one. This is just one. Sentence uh, yeah, one. <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, Clones close in on Wrecker, while Cut, his family, and Omega get through security. But Omega is sort of about leaving.
1: Kyle, why don't you keep going?
2: All right. uh, Back at the impound dock, the Bad Batch clash clash with the troopers, and Hunter races in to help. Wrecker finally gets the clamp off their ship, and they make a run for it but then a voice calls out wait for me omega yells <laughs> but uh when troopers try to stop the girl hunter quickly moves in to save her
1: <laughs> and um so he straight up murks these dudes right like yeah. that that uh, uh his 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 former brothers um it's kind of it's kind of glossed over a little bit and yeah uh, I, w- I was
2: i was going to bring that up too like um And I think we, oh, this is what I was alluding to earlier when you, we were talking about sort of the morality of the clones Mm. and stuff like that. And I was, yeah, this particularly, I mean, on the one hand, it makes sense. Like if, if any clones were going to easily like sort of be on their own to survive and have to fight other clone troopers and not really have any qualms about it, it would be the Bad badge because they were kind of outsiders to begin with. So it's not like Rex where he's torn about killing these guys because these are like his brothers from his same unit. Um You know, this is the Bad Batch who were outsiders anyway, and a bunch of random clones that they've never met before that are stationed here on Saleucami. But still, the fact that they're all brothers and they're all genetic clones of Django Fett, and now they're, you know, having to kill each other. I feel like was kind of glossed over here, but I'm hoping that that'll be something that as they um, continue to obviously be at odds with these now Imperial troops through the remainder of the series that, you know, hopefully that'll be something that they'll address at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it's it, um it was one of those things where it was like it was the sort of brutality that I expect from the Clone Wars, right? Uh, to carrying over into Bad Batch, but at the same time it was like I don't know, if it, it felt like there needed to kind of be a beat there of like like almost like a, of hesitation, but maybe that's the point is that it's Omega and he doesn't hesitate. Like he just does what he's got to do. Yeah. Um, and also kind of pointing it to the idea that, that these guys specific, and, and I think Hunter more than any of them, except maybe Crosshair, uh, has kind of that, uh, you want to kill like a call it like a killer instinct or whatever, but like, he just like that is kind of, I mean, his, his name is Hunter, right? So like that implies killing in the title, uh, in the name. So, um, so for him, it's not he just kind of acts and doesn't really think about it. But yeah, I, I I'll be very surprised if we don't take a pause at some point in the series for them to go, like, we can't keep doing this. Like we can't keep killing our brothers, whether or not, you know, we felt like we were, we were a part of their team or not. Right. Like, like it would have been
0: nice to have that like reflection afterwards. Yeah. Like I agree. Like it makes sense. It's Hunter. Okay. You're going to do it. Because you're going to do it, but it would have been cool to kind of have that like, um, you know, I don't know. Echo, I feel like Echo would probably be the best person to kind of trigger that conversation with Hunter. Like, hey, you all right? And, yeah, and yeah. Hunter just like, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I just I I just did what I had to do to, to protect Omega. Like, I feel like I feel like this would have been the episode to do it because later on might feel like a little like, oh, well, this kind of should have been addressed a little earlier. If It's going to weigh down yeah. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who, yeah, who I knows know. what's we'll going to happen? So.
1: We'll see. It, it, you know, it could very well end up being, like, an opening moment in the next episode or something like sure. that, right? That, sure. like, as they're, like, trying to figure out what they're doing, and and for for Hunter to be, like, well, we can't... We have to avoid the Empire, because, like, the like, uh, you know, why we're surviving, but the, as much as we want to. <clears throat> like, we can't go around just, like, killing <laughs> these clone troopers. They're Especially because like, it's, it, it's so interesting, and I really hope that this is intentional on the part of the story group, that putting Bad Batch up against clone troopers and them knowing that the clone troopers are being controlled by the inhibitor chip, and that being something that we've now talked about two weeks in a row, that it's like the parallel to the First Order indoctrination right? Like that, like that sort of like mind controlling, whatever conditioning, um, which, which obviously never gets resolved in the sequel trilogy, which is, which is a lot of people's like one of the, I think it's probably the biggest sin of the sequel trilogy is that like, they set that up in the first movie with one of our lead characters, like with one of our three slash four lead characters. And, uh and then in rise of skywalker like we come back to it for a minute when they're like yeah on uh, uh whatever island it is uh uh onset island or whatever they call it mm. uh, and she's like yeah we all just like we we just we just threw down our weapons and then the end of the movie is like yeah 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 yeah, yeah but we're gonna just we're just gonna blow up these ships right <laughs> it's like but they're full of aren't they aren't they full of stormtroopers that aren't there willingly isn't that isn't that what we've established um so hopefully like like what we're going to get with bad batch is them sort of correcting that that sin of like talking about this this type of a story of like of the bad batch saying hey we have to do something about this, right? Like, like they're being used as cannon fodder. They're being there. And it's there, there, there was one thing during the war when, when we kind of had a choice, we wanted to be there because it's what we were bred for. But now they're completely uh, being held completely against their will. And would they actually want to do this? And, and I think that like crosshair is the perfect sort of cipher for it. Like that's, I, the more I talk about this, the more it's like that. It has to be what they're doing. It has to mm-hmm. be what they're driving at. Because if it's not, then this is a huge mistake. <laughs> this <laughs> has all been a terrible, terrible mistake. Um, it's it's got to be like almost like the purpose of the entire series of like telling this story is to do that. Otherwise, why have Crosshair uh, I, I change sides, right? Um, yeah. Thoughts? Am I wrong? Am I right? I mean, I know I'm right, but like, just, just, uh, just, just I'll play
0: devil's though. advocate. We'll wait and see. <laughs> it,
1: it turns out this is actually all about uh, explaining to us where Jar Jar Binks was after. Oh, Revenge's that essence. would be awful. well. We already know he's the
0: Sith Lord. We've known that for a while. But...
1: Yeah, a Sith Lord. A Sith
0: Lord.
2: <laughs> yes, the one we've been looking for.
1: <laughs> me too. <laughs> where are we where are we back at the uh, we're, we're
2: too late into the night that's where we are yeah.
1: that's you kyle get it done uh,
2: oh okay um no no i just read that one
1: oh, okay so it's me okay uh though cut is momentarily stopped he and his family are ultimately granted permission to board their ship leaves the planet and up to the stars and i love i love that we are um like Rebels borrowed assets from Clone Wars and reskinned them into like the rebels style <laughs> for things like the Imperial gunships and stuff like that. Um and so we we saw a few things that would like eventually show up, and it's like, oh cool, that's that's from from Clone Wars. That's the first time we saw it, and they're just using the same model. They've just repainted it.
0: Do we think the, we'll see stormtroopers at any point? Maybe not I, Rebel I, stormtroopers, but I don't
1: think we'll see them we'll we'll see we'll see Clone Wars style stormtroopers for sure mm-hmm. yeah well keep in um, mind
2: we already saw them in the uh the final scene of siege of mandalore
1: oh yeah they were stormtroopers weren't they you
0: yep. no, yeah. were they stormtroopers or snowtroopers oh yeah there was like there one were two there were snow okay. there were
1: snowtroopers and yeah stormtroopers. you're right you're right there were um but i i love that we're getting some star wars rebels stuff flowing backwards into the clone war style because i noticed on my second viewing i mean on the first viewing i noticed the 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 um the transport ship, right, which mm-hmm. is which is a design that that I think we saw, uh, maybe we saw that for the first time in Clone Wars, but I remember seeing it in 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 uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, that sticks out to me as a rebel ship. Yeah, but there were also some of the citizens in the town were very very much Lothal citizens that had been reskinned and like like repainted as Clone Wars style, and I think like maybe they touched up the models a little bit because because obviously Clone Wars has like that very angular. Um, like uh, a sculpted style to it and rebels was very round and soft um but but there was a few points where i was like no those hats are Lothal ralph macquarie uh, uh concept art designs right um so i j- i love that i love that they i'm i'm waiting for resistance stuff to start showing up at some point because resistance is so far outside of the clone Wars style it's almost like like the antithesis of Clone Wars that it's like to see like like I don't know like if we see uh 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 whatever Flix's species was, I can't remember what they were, but the the fluff ball long legged bird things. Uh at some point it'll be like, oh there's a Star Wars resistance model coming back. (laughs) Um but yeah, it's uh I, I just it's it's great to see that they that they can sort of reuse like repurpose these assets in order to add production value. Cause again, going back to that, clone wars movie it's like they go into jabba's palace and there's like five guys standing there and you're like uh jabba's palace is usually i feel like a little bit more packed than this and i remember from like
2: from like the special features and stuff from the clone wars movie a lot of those character models it would be like obi-wan's body with an alien head on top and like a poncho over it so you couldn't tell it was obi-wan's like jedi robes
1: yeah yeah exactly um so yeah, like now we're at the point where we've got 7 seasons of Clone Wars, 4 seasons of Star Wars Rebels, uh, 2 seasons of Resistance. It's like there's there are a lot of assets to pull from um in order to like fill out a, a city square sort of thing or a main street or whatever, uh, which, which is nice. It's great. Uh, and it also means that we'll see a lot of prequel aliens because there were a lot of prequel aliens done for the clone wars. So
0: yeah, uh, let's uh, go. What, Cause that's, that's what I missed in the sequel trilogy is seeing my yeah. prequel aliens. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What I would love to see is a little bit of like connective tissue. Like let's put, like, let's put, uh, like I, uh, I, oh man, what's what are the 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 X wing pilots that are all named after uh, Beastie Boys characters? Oh, whatever species they are, like let's see one of those guys show up in the Clone Wars <laughs> style in Bad Batch, right? Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Be be cool to see some of that sort of thing happen, but uh, we'll get there. I'm sure. I'm sure. Again, like Resistance has some of those character models, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that they just kind of they're just kind of figuring that stuff out they'll they'll bring that stuff in when they
0: want they're, yeah uh, they're gonna use them when they need them yeah uh joe you want to finish us off sure uh the bad batch blast off <laughs> looks like team bad batch is blasting off again <laughs> <laughs> omega tells hunter that she knows she made a mistake and has a lot to learn but this is where she wants to be to tell you the truth kid Oh, I guess I've got a lot to learn, too. That sounds more like Crocodile Dundee than anything. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you want to be, and this is where you'll stay. Crikey, there's clinkers. Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> Brothers, we're soldiers. Uh,
1: yeah, there you go. It's a uh, nice little happy ending. The family's all sticking together. Yeah. Um, as if there was any doubt right there's really right. not a lot of tension there in terms of like is omega going to leave is is this going to be a thing but uh but that's okay um it's a it's not it's not so much about the like like what's going to happen but just sort of like the beats along the way so that we can see it with these characters and understand sort of the nuances here right um, cuz there's a i think there's an important dynamic with like like, like, which of the Bad Batch care about Omega in in like, and the different ways in which they show that they care about Omega, um, because I do feel like Echo and Tech are a little bit, they're a little bit detached from it, uh, from the whole situation. Whereas like Wrecker clearly, uh, likes to have Omega around, uh, and Hunter feels very protective and very, uh, he's 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 got the dad vibes going right. Yeah. so it's like like there's there's this interesting dynamic with with the four of them and then omega that it's like that's that's kind of what we're here to see um and and the reason why this episode needs to play out the way that it does uh for them to kind of all work together i uh, how did you guys feel about the moment where like like echoes uh fidgeting with that with the boot with the, the clamp forever and then record just walks up and just <laughs> rips it off
0: i i felt like that was a little excessive like it's a little yeah. like as soon as he was coming i was like all right let's see where this is going i don't know i kind of i kind of wish there were some things that record couldn't fix with beating it up or ripping yeah. it apart i kind of would have liked it if he couldn't do it and echo's like see it takes some time like that would have been nice yeah so i don't know yeah i was, was kind of whatever about that
2: I mean, I, on the one hand, it is kind of corny, but on the other hand, I like that it's showing that, like, he's not just, like, a big, strong dude. Like, he really is, you know, through his genetic mutation or whatever, like, has almost, like, superhuman strength. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, we've seen that in the Clone Wars, too. There, You know, in the Bad Batch episode, there's the moment where Tech was trying to hack into the door and Wrecker walks up and is like, Oh, you're taking too long and just smashes through it. He Um, also
0: lifts a gunship. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, of yeah, yeah. Oh
2: yeah. He flips yeah. the gun chip over, but right. even in the in in the premiere episode two, when he like punches the hole through the wall and finds the vent for Omega to crawl through. Um so yeah, on the one hand, it is a little hokey to be like, you know, you've got this advanced machinery and stuff that he can just kind of punch his way through. But on the other hand, I do kind of like that um again, it's not just like, oh, the big tough guy that can punch stuff, but like the fact that he actually can do it and they use it in you know, sort of important moments in the story. It's like, oh, okay. There's more to this than him just, you know, doing a lot of uh, deadlifts with the Gronk, the the gaunt droid, <laughs>
0: um, donkey. Yeah, He's got a name, Kyle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I i think that I think that they need to sort of uh, be a little bit more clear on on what about the bad batch is them being good at their jobs, and what about them is them being like super powered right cuz cuz we also like we get these moments with hunter especially in in the premiere episode with the with the the Caleb Doom stuff where it's like oh he's tracking him but like i feel like they need to make it a little bit more explicit if it is that explicit you know what i mean like like the storytelling isn't matching the 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 plot <laughs> if that makes sense where it's like hunter can sense things like he has some sort of like an extra sensory perception in a a way and like or like he can smell things that are far away he can see things that are far away right like we need we need a little bit more like clear cinematography to like show us that stuff um as well as like like okay like tech is smart but like what does that actually mean like what's what's sort of the upper limit on that? Like what like like where where do their how how far do these abilities of theirs extend? Um, and uh, and and wrecker is the easiest one to sort of look at and go like yeah like like we've done we've seen him do some crazy stuff, but how strong is he actually? Like like sort of what's the what are the rules with his? superpowers if he's got superpowers because it's not really something that i think we're used to seeing in star wars right Mm -hmm. like star wars for all of like the 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 fantasy and stuff like that with the force um that like there are a lot of rules about you know like, like like sort of how the how the world works and it tends to be very mundane stuff right like it's not it's actually not as crazy and out there as as you might think and it's like i always think of like in episode one when qui-gon goes to cut through the blast doors on on the trade federation ship and before that moment if you had asked a star wars fan what does a lightsaber do can cut through anything and then after that moment it's like well no i mean like it, if if it's like a, a blast door that's like super hard right like it's hardened in order to 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 stop blaster bolts then a lightsaber takes a minute like he's gotta he's gotta kind of like work it and it turns into like molten metal and and sort of sloughs off of it right so it's like like wrecker at the moment has like comic book superpowers where he can just rip a mechanical thing in half and but it's like what a like what is actually sort of the what are the rules with his super strength like like how how strong is he can he is he superman or is he you know is he ca- or is he captain america or is he the hulk right because sometimes it seems like he's just captain america where like captain america is very 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 strong and he can rip a log in half but it's not like he can like he can stop a helicopter from flying right away but he can't like you know uh throw the helicopter a hundred yards, whereas the Hulk can pick it up by the tail and throw it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like where, like where on that spectrum is Wrecker? Cause right now it's, it's kind of unclear. Cause if, if he were to do that far end of the spectrum, I don't think that we would be shocked. It would just be like, Oh, okay. I guess that's, I guess that's how strong he is. Um, but that would be a little bit out of character for the star Wars universe for him to be able to do that much. So, I don't know. That's probably what, like, my my brain is bumping up against, is, like, but that's not Star Wars, right? Like, even even the Jedi have their limits, and they're tapped into the Force that can do anything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But well, I'm sure that as the series goes on, we'll, we'll see them hit their limits, because otherwise, like, they'll never... they'll never feel challenged it'll never feel like like they're in any real trouble so at some point wrecker is gonna need to like i don't know like like they're gonna have like an atat and he's gonna have to like stop the foot or something like that we're gonna (laughs) be like okay so that's where his limit is that's his like he can he can do that and that's as that's as much as he can do um i'm sure that i'm sure we'll see something at some point uh awesome let's uh let's jump over into the mailbag and see what the, uh, what the listeners have to say. This
0: is Paul. Come in. So we've received a transmission from someone using our subspace frequency. Fulcrum
2: incoming transmission
1: from the rebel cells,
2: Fulcrum mailbag.
1: Okay. Uh, so I asked on our social media accounts, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at rebel cells and over on Facebook, uh, rebel cells podcast, I I asked over there, uh, doesn't it feel nice to get two new episodes of Bad Batch in one week? What did you think of the second episode? Sound off in the replies below. So over on Facebook, Matt Stout said, I liked it. I like the clones slash Omega content, but I'm absolutely here for finding out how the transition from Republic to Empire is going. What's going to happen to the clones once the Empire ditches them for Stormtroopers? I think we're going to find out, and I'm psyched about it. I, I think we're all in agreement with Matt on this one. I think that that's that's kind of one of the highlights of the series so far is kind of seeing this this flip, this transformation from Republic to Empire. but yeah, it's happening very sure. fast it's it's also like a switch being turned on. Uh, cool. Uh, over on Twitter, uh, Jonah Marie uh, at Blue Jay guys uh, friend of the show says uh, it felt amazing to have both episodes. I wish we could fast forward to next Friday. Uh, as you guys are listening to this, we're almost there. Uh, I love today's episode. It was great seeing familiar faces again. The moments between Hunter and Omega really tugged at my heart. Uh, it also reminded me of rebels. So that made it even better. Uh, and then uh, I, Hey, uh, actually, this is the perfect time for a shout out. I, uh, uh Martin Ailman at Darmit Studios, uh, who did our awesome new uh, uh, segues, our, our episode recap and mailbag segues, uh, he wrote in and said, Loved it. The first episode definitely felt like a natural continuation of the Clone Wars, but this episode was a beautiful balance in structure between TCW and Star Wars Rebels. Uh, and obviously, I already said that in the episode, Marty. Like, come on, man. Jeez. step your game up yeah predict what I'm going to say you've listened to hundreds of hours of me talking about Star Wars if anybody knows what I'm going to say about a Star Wars it should be you Um, and maybe Matt Campbell might have have you beat on that one (laughs) Uh, and then uh, Ledra at Elfadel on Twitter said oh my gosh I am loving it I am living for these kinds of character interactions it was just really good uh, and then the power goats at the power goats uh, says, "I am so glad this show exists. Short, sweet, to the point." And I, yeah, like I, I like I feel on that one because, because, because at one point in time I was like, "I don't understand why this show exists." <laughs> when they announced it, I was like, "Why? No one asked for this." And now two episodes in, I'm like, "I did, I, but
0: I'm the only one that asked." Yeah, for yeah. It. <laughs> I wanted the bad that show.
1: I. Uh, I but yeah like now I I I couldn't agree more with that I am so glad that this show exists uh, and then last but not least over on Instagram Alexandrina ATK says so excited to see cut wrecker is still funny Hunter is such a dad all he needs now are some bad jokes and Tech knows that he is smarter than everyone else but also somehow doesn't know that everyone else isn't as smart as he is. Uh, which I totally agree with, uh, but I wasn't a fan of when Echo said "Roger that." I feel like that's a droid thing. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Echo's kind of half droid, right? That's a, that's, that's the true. whole thing. Ooh, there that's it the is. The whole thing. He's a he's a he's a clone trooper that's half droid. Uh, awesome thank you guys uh for for writing in uh for interacting with us over on social media uh make sure that you're following us so that you see these posts when i make them and you guys can get your stuff read on the show as well um that's pretty much it for this episode i uh, uh up next we got replacements uh the bad batch gets stuck on a desolate moon um yeah, we're not really getting previews for anything. I, I was kind of hoping that I'd get like a press email on Monday or something, but, uh, and, and, you know, there's still, there's still time uh, before the episode airs for that to be the case. Uh, in, in, might- in perfect rebel cells fashion, I would not be surprised if I published this episode tomorrow morning. And I, like, as we record this and I, 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 there's an email sitting in my inbox that's like, here's all the details on the next episode for you to tell your audience about.
0: Cool. 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 I don't know, Mike, you might be a peasant like the rest of us from now on. We'll see. Maybe. maybe, <laughs> maybe. Hey,
1: that stuff I get sent in order to, uh, disseminate to you guys, like to, to, <laughs> to, to, to the audience. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, but yeah, that's a good point. I did not get a screener for the next episode. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking more just along the, because with Clone Wars, we would get like the, all like the, the sort of like publicity stills for the next episode. And then I would do like a tweet and whatever with like the description and, and that sort of thing. But we didn't get that. But who knows? We might, that might, it might just be the fact of like like last week was a weird week with two episodes and they're still kind of getting the, the machine up and running. But we'll mm. see. We'll see. Uh, in any case, I, the new next episode is, is just a, a couple of days away from the re- release of this podcast. So look forward to that. Hope everybody enjoys it. We'll be back next week to talk all about it. Uh, and uh, until then, th- thank you guys for joining me. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, And we will see you on the next one.
2: Bye guys. Bye everybody.
1: Follow rebel cells on Twitter and Instagram at rebel cells and on Facebook at rebel cells podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch and last but not least by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.